hustle. Well, she started out mixing records in her mom's garden shed and doing her own private radio broadcast from her bedroom with equipment borrowed from a local college. Ooh, cheeky. She worked at Spins <laughs> Central Record Store in her hometown at Western Supermare and Chemical Records in Bristol. And then after a chance meeting with defected radio show Aaron Ross, who I worked with for quite some time in London, she ended up heading to Ibiza and became one of the most well-known DJs in the West End. She then became the sole member of the original defected street team in Ibiza, which kind of tells you all about her work ethic. And then she held residencies in Pacha, Mambo, Amnesia, Eden, in Ushuaia, in Ibiza. And since then, she's taken over presenting the defected radio show right around 2013. And under her helm, it's become one of the most listened to programs and podcasts in the world, broadcast in over 50 countries and over 22 million listeners every week. I am, of course, talking about the one and only lovely Miss Sam Divine. Welcome oh, to The Hustle. What an intro. Oh, so just so you know, people who have been with me know that The Hustle is our regular series where we sit down with some of the most interesting and influential people in music, media, sport, and culture and talk about the business side of life. Now, yeah. This is an interesting one for me because I really wanted to start focusing more on ladies in the industry who I believe yeah. the music industry, especially entertainment, is generally disproportionately kind of weighted towards the male side. But yeah. ladies like yourself, women have been really making some very powerful inroads. So welcome to the hustle. We want to talk about how you got your hustle thank on. you oh man well like you said i mean i've been hustling since my mum's shed at the bottom <laughs> of that uh, bottom of her garden you know she, she she didn't really understand it when i first said that i wanted to be a dj um and she, yeah, she just wouldn't the same thing what, yeah what right exactly yeah exactly and she wouldn't let me in the house for about two years so no matter whether it was cold rain snow hail i would literally be out in my shed every single day mixing and then one day i think she just felt sorry for me because i was just freezing <laughs> and she was like okay come in the house come, and actually, come on in out of the yeah, cold you could come in exactly maybe a hot chocolate um and i used to just have my decks <laughs> on like my mum's ironing board because oh, I wow. had nowhere to put my deck. So, so yeah, we just kind of had to make sure. How did you actually get started to then stealing your mom's iron? I think we all have our stole our mom's yeah. ironing board stories. Yeah. Well, she, um, so basically I, I mean, all of my friends, I've always hung around with people that were a lot older than me. Mm -hmm. So when I was about 15, I was hanging around with people that were like in their twenties, kind of mid, mid twenty, Yeah. Mid twenties. And they were all going to like the, um, you know, the, the, the raves where you used to have to, you know, get a piece of paper with the number on and kind of like the location and then everyone, you know, convoy in cars in an old disused pitch petrol station or yeah. something. And then we'd all kind of go there. Um, yeah. So we kind of did the underground kind of free party raving for well, probably from 15 until, well, probably about 18 when I was illegally allowed into a club. It, it, um, it was such a big part of what I, what I remember of the UK scene, the kind absolutely. of underground phone people up, get a, yeah. get an address to a middle of a field with yeah. blue and then turn left at the red rock and all of that. Tree. I all think of that's that. just incredibly formative. Yeah. For, for all of that. Absolutely. And, you know, on the way home, we, we'd all kind of stop off in a service station and all put our, you know, the boots of our car up and we'd be playing like happy hardcore or hard house or acid or whatever it was at the time that I was into. Um, and so I just always had such a love for music. And I mean, if we go back, you know, uh, when I was kind of like, you know, a toddler, really, my mum always had music on when we were in the house. Always. I remember she always used to listen to like, Lionel Richie or Stevie Nicks or, you know, any of that kind of that 80s vibe. So I've always been around music, always. So going from kind of always having it on the house and going to free parties, I just, but I never really wanted to, never really knew that I wanted to be a DJ until I was 21, right. actually. Um, so I got my decks when I was like 20, I think. Um, and it's kind of like the same story. Most people in the UK, I don't know what it is for you guys in the States, but, you know, there was a lot of DJ competitions. Mm. So I entered a DJ competition. And in actual fact, I was the only, no, there was me and another 
female DJ that was in it, uh, in the competition. And at that time I was playing hard house on vinyl and I'd practiced my set for like six months solid. We only had to play five records and she played three of the records that I was going to play. And I was like, oh, ran to the toilets. I was no. crying my eyes out. <laughs> I was in such a state. And my friend said, just flip it and just play the B sides. And I was like, well, I haven't practiced the B sides. Um, anyway, flipped it, actually won the competition. And then it all kind of just awesome. escalated from that. But I mean, I, at the time I thought, when I first got my decks, it was kind of just for fun. But because I picked it up so quickly and all my friends were like, actually, Sam, you're, you're quite good at this. And I remember again, even before I was kind of in the shed, you know, I had my friends, if we were at after parties, I'd always want to, you know, jump on the decks. And yeah, it was, uh, it was, yeah, I've just, I mean, my first kind of introduction to house music was um, uh, Sasha and Digweed oh yeah cd so i was more into progressive house yeah like back in the day it was much it, it, much much later on until i found soulful house it's interesting how those early days in the uk the progressive yeah. house scene was so massive and that kind of ran Huge. parallel to like the american influence and yeah kind of the more the deeper more soulful underground house that was still kind of running alongside parallel so you had almost like these two camps in the uk yeah. And seeing how you crossed from one kind of made a bridge to the other is something that, yeah. uh, uh, interestingly enough, guys like Sasha and Digby wound up doing the same in reverse, running, crossing over from the, the progressive side into yeah. the kind of more deeper underground and now tech side. Yeah. How, yeah. how was that transition for you, like kind of getting into the soulful scene? Well, I mean, come, I mean, if we kind of rewind being. Uh, influence from Sasha Digweed. I used to play hard house, hard dance. Um, I was really into my trance as well. You know, the era of kind of Paul Van Dyke and I used to go to Cream all the time, Amnesia and Ibiza. And so I think Progressive House was actually a good bridge for me from, from hard dance because it was still right. that kind of higher energy BPM. Um, and it was by complete accident, actually, that... Uh, that I started playing Soulful House. My friend actually put a subliminal um, party on um, and literally like the DJ um, didn't turn up. So I'm like, Sam, can you just play some, some house records? So I borrowed my friend's house records and literally I was playing it so fast. I was literally playing like a Barbara Tucker record at like, 135 BPM or something. <laughs> like, she sounded like a chipmunk. It was ridiculous. Yeah, literally. Um, literally and uh my friend was like you're really good at this but you need to slow it down so it took me a while to because i've come from like 140 45 bpm where it was just so fast yeah. and you just kind of you know just mixing beats and it's got that big breakdown whereas soulful had like all these elements and all these instruments and all this percussion and vocal and it was like you know when i first started mixing i was mixing vocal over vocal my friend had to say like you can't mix vocal over vocals and just having to slow everything down so i always like had to retrain myself right. i guess um and just it just instantly fell in love with soulful house instantly and then i was kind of just on that wave there but i was also working in record shops at the time as well so i literally right. had you know the pick of the bunch i had like my little defective section even before i knew that i wanted yeah, to be yeah. signed for defected um you know sulfuric was another huge label for me king street champion strictly yep. of course um yeah, just like all these labels that really influenced me into into the house scene. And of course, at the time, I mean, that's where I'm at now in the West Country. I was playing in like Cardiff, Bristol, yeah. um, you know, around South Wales um, a lot. And then when I moved to London, it was because Soulful House, it was at the time when vinyl pretty much vanished okay. overnight and it all went yeah. digital, right? So Soulful House, I think, went underground with yes. vinyl and there were, but it was still massive in the States because I remember I still used to go to WMC religiously, yeah. you know, and yeah. that was the only place that I could hear all of my favorite US artists. I had to go to WMC to, to hear those kind of artists. You wouldn't get them in the UK. Very, very, I mean, you, Kenny Dope and probably Sandy Rivera were the only three kind of DJs that I got to see in the UK or the Europe UK. or I or Ibiza, right? Yeah. Uh, but everyone else, um, you know, I had to go to the States to, to see you guys play. So, yeah, it was, um, but I kind of, yeah. I, I kind of managed that shift quite well from Soulful, but then I was still kind of getting more into like 
electro and tech house then as mm -hmm. well you know after seasons in ibiza so every kind like you said it's really interesting what you said about the bridge you know you kind of just one bridges into another and you just kind of get on that vibe then and um i still absolutely adore soulful house you know that's my roots my record collection absolutely. is soulful house I'm, well, I'm, is i've always been love and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt but no yeah. i was saying the thing is that you really have made your name over the past few years within that soulful space and and i find it really interesting because especially when you mentioned how how important ibiza became the fact yeah. that you started out kind of playing yeah. in the west end and a lot of people kind of going you know a lot of the the kind of cooler snobbier djs are like oh yeah and whatever have you yeah but that education that you get from the west end really under because it's such a pre predominantly british and uh, oh, some Italians crowd. The fact that you really transition into the the more soulful house side things. Yeah. When the transition, I think, was starting to really come back to the soulful underground house is yeah. interesting. And and how did that transition from playing the the kind of West End side that was going from kind of more commercial at that point in time, even EDM 100%. was kind of really still bigger. How did that work out for you? And how did that transition happened for you into the kind of the more vocal soulful cooler house side of things well i think i mean especially in the west end i made the residency that i had at hush for um five years i think it was mm -hmm. yeah yeah five years um i made it my own so i would have all of my um friends fly over and actually play in hush so it was you know it was renowned as an underground bar but it was actually like a nightclub you know i played yeah. six nights a week i would do seven to eight hours sets my only day off my only night off was a tuesday that was when defected was at pasha right. um but i'd still after work or you know sometimes i'd do the 12 till 3 then i'd go to dc 10 um so i'd start that that started at four o'clock obviously on a, on a monday afternoon yeah, yeah. so i was still going to amnesia cocoon um on a monday after work i was going to defected i was going to dc 10 so i was still getting my fix of underground music right. then i bring that back to hush and i play that in a hush and i just think oh I wonder if a techno record would, would drop here. now at four o'clock in the morning and it would because everyone just was there for the music you know it wasn't hush wasn't pretentious it wasn't commercial neither underground my friends used to call me an undermersh dj because i was underground <laughs> and commercial i was kind of like that sweet I like that. yeah undermersh yeah i'm kind of that sweet spot in the middle you know and and anything goes you know i used to play hip-hop in hush i used to play um drum and bass at the end my last record always used to be lana rich all night long for my oh, mom my i always used to play that um and yeah, I think because I was, I always said I was like a 50% a raver and a 50% DJ as well. So, you know, I'd, I'd be the one, at, at first one on the dance floor at DC 10, my sunglasses on, rocking out on the back, you know, the red back wall. And, That's um, coffee hours, man, because you're going to yeah. DC 10. You, I'm like, I know you're going to finish work, exactly. got my coffee, just got yeah. back from Cocoon or just got yeah. back from whatever, on to DC 10. All of that, all of that. We used to go to, um, in my first summer in Ibiza, 2005, um, we used to go to, where do we used to go to? We used to go to In Bed With Space with Barbara Tucker, yes. which used to be on the, yes. on the Wednesday morning. Yeah. And so we'd just be hanging out. I think, we, where did we used to go? Um, it must have been Amnesia or something like that. And then we'd finish there, yeah. get, we'll get on our mopeds. We'd all hang out in the car park of space, wait for them to clean it. And then they'd open the doors and everyone would go again. And that would be like, you know, eight o'clock in the morning with Barbara Tucker. And then we'd go like the whole day um wow. wild and then have to go into hush like you know one eye open <laughs> so give me like lots going, of vodka hard. <laughs> yeah. I, I call those the the early beat the going hard days man oh go hard or go home or yeah go home. yeah you know, exactly the, the fact that you played such eclectic sets in that in that aspect you know even though you're keeping it house and keeping it underground throwing in yeah. some drum and bass and yeah. um and and even um some lionel richie yeah that almost is more of like a radio style of format so do you think that that is one of the things that kind of prepared you for doing the defective radio good, show and then and then also question, how did you actually. want to get into that yeah that's a really really good question i mean the thing is i like I just like all types of music yeah. um, and I try and kind of, even though I can't mix all, all the, like I can't mix garage, but I love it. Obviously Hatcher is like the garage yeah. Don. Um, yeah. 
I, I can't mix shout it. Out but to Hatcher. Yeah, shout out to Hatcher. <laughs> exactly. You know, I don't, I don't, um, I love it, but I, I never, I guess, had the confidence to play it in my sets, especially in the UK, because it, there was the garage scene, there was the house scene, there was the techno mm -hmm. scene. And no one kind of really bridged and crossed over. You know, everyone kind of stayed in their own lanes. But, you know, I get a lot of my influences from, from hip hop, you know, Big Up Biggie, R.I.P. Yes. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm a 90s jam girl at heart. You know, that's probably my first love before house, actually. And, uh, you know, it's, yeah, hip hop, yeah. um, R&B, you know, slow jams. That, that was all my jam. When I first start, passed my driving test and, you know, th that was it, cruising all around town, Love listening it. to it. So so now what it's been giving me, actually, which is amazing in lockdown, is that when we were able to do, I've done a few socially distanced parties and because I play a 10 hour set, I'm kind of taking it back to hush days in the West mm -hmm. End. You know, I can start off with R&B and then kind of go through little bits of garage and house. And, you know, I don't think people should pigeonhole themselves. If, if they I love agree. everything, why not try and play, you know? And also, you know, it's about being a selector nowadays, you know, it's yes. too easy. You know, people can get CDJs. It is quite easy. I mean, not what you do. You're like, <laughs> wizard wizardry absolute <laughs> wizards um so you know but 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 why not and it is about being a selector and it's about people taking you know taking people on a journey as well throughout the night because i kind of find that when i'm just doing a straight up house set it's cool but i want to add in a bit of garage or a bit of biggie in the end or a bit of line or or whatever it's it also keeps not only um myself you know, ch still challenging myself as well, which, you know, you're never too, you're never too old to learn anything. That's you know, I've right. learned, taught myself how to mix R&B in lockdown and now I'm doing a Twitch session, you know, it's like, I, saw that. I, I never that. thought okay, I'd do that. I know, it's amazing. I do a little Sunday night, uh, Sunday afternoon jam while people are cooking their roast dinners and, yes. you know, just chilling out. Or if you're in the States, I, I get lots of people that are on their bagel runs or donut runs in the morning. <laughs> the early morning, the early morning. The early morning it's an interesting one because because of lockdown and because we've had to be socially distanced, I personally found that I wound up spending more, taking more time and attention to what I'm doing on my radio show. Absolutely. And, and obviously you really kind of done very, very well in the, in the yeah. switch zone, which is kind of funny. Yeah. We just had this conversation not too long ago. Yeah. I'm like, mm, I, I think I might need to re-explore that. Do but it. The do fact it. That, that you've done that, that, I think has also helped your radio show. Sure, yeah, really, yeah. really kind of take off into where it, especially how it's exploded now. So, take us through how you actually wound up getting that radio show. Yeah, so it all started actually in um, <laughs> Ibiza. It was called Defected Clubland Adventures, and it wasn't actually a radio show. But I used to um, interview the DJs at uh, Cafe Mambo at the pre-party, and, and right. then at Pasha. So I was just literally—I mean, you, you put a mic in my hand, and I'm like, Brrr, I just go off on. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> love it. Yeah, literally, I'm just. I could, I know I should be a radio presenter, right? You yes. too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I just, I just found that literally, I mean, exactly that. As soon as you put a mic in my hands, I just feel alive. And I just feel like that was kind of what I was destined to be. And we did that for a couple of years. And then um, Simon asked me to do the Bargris podcast. I mean, it was so, Andy Durant will, will laugh about this as well. It was so kind of like, Stagment. It was like, hi, this is Sam from the Bogus Podcast. And when I when I when I think You're back to some of my earlier podcasts now, I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, I, it was so cheesy. Like, oh, you need to you need to listen to this track with an ice and a slice. And it was just like, oh my god, it was so cheesy. How a minute to find the kind it of that, does. That comfort zone, but the it more does. natural and the more you learn. This yeah, is something I find out. And this is this is one of the things that I've heard on your radio yeah. show. You have become someone who talks with their audience yeah absolutely talking at them and i think yeah. that is a key secret it's really important yeah to, to, to understanding how to to be successful on your radio show and, and so you started off a little stiff when did you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Like, click 
Well, it kind of, I mean, I really only feel like in the last couple of years, if I'm absolutely honest, because I don't listen to, I didn't want to listen to anyone else's radio shows because I wanted it to be my jam, you know, my vibe. I didn't want to copy anyone else. I didn't want to take bits from anyone else. I want it to be totally authentic to me. Um, So I kind of did the, the, I mean, I've been doing the Defector radio show for like six years now. Mm -hmm. And for the first kind of three years, it was still quite scripted. And then I kind of thought, take that away take that away now I edit everything out myself and it's about taking the listeners on a journey with you you know and I feel like I've built my community now my kind of defected radio community where I could go anywhere in the world and someone goes oh my god I listen to the radio show you know that for me is absolutely amazing that people are invested in you that not only do they love the music but they they love the journey that you take them on you know it's like different different tones that you have to have with certain different topics. You know, last last week, God rest his soul, you know, we lost Angel um, Maraz. And, you know, then you have to take the tone down a bit. And it, it's just, it, it's just, you almost have to talk to people's souls in a way, exactly how you do when you're, when you're in a club and you're playing music. You have to talk to people's souls because, you know, if you, can you imagine if you've got this annoying voice and people just like oh i can't listen to her like i just can't listen to her voice anymore so i can't yeah exactly so i've kind of built this tone which has taken me you know a good few years but i feel now as soon as i get in my you know my little recording booth at home in my studio i'm just like right i can do it with my eyes closed you know it comes as naturally to me as breathing now um and it's the same as anything the more you practice the the more better you get at it but i mean Radio for me is such a huge part of everything that I do, especially being in lockdown as well. You know, not being out live streams, you know, have served a purpose. They're amazing because you can still reach out to people. Um, but the radio, I just feel, I feel like it's kind of like, you know, my, my comfort blanket, I guess. It's a very direct um, feeling when you're, you know that people are going to be listening to your show. Absolutely, and yeah. Your zone. And it's interesting yeah. because live streaming as as great as it is to share your sets, I do yeah. love the fact that the way you've got it set up, there is some direct feedback. But absolutely, just yeah. think about sitting in front of a mic and talking. Yeah, that's yeah. a little bit yeah. different to just to kind of being in your DJ zone. So you know, yeah. I, I tend to do my mixes and then just kind of get that out of the way and then same. just focus on on talking to people. Yeah, same, same. Microphone is that kind of yeah. how you're doing it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously now I've got my Kiss show as well. So I do Kiss uh, primetime every Friday, 9 to 11. So, and that was massive because now, you know, I'm on the dial now. So people could be driving around in their cars or vans or at work or whatever. And, you know, I'm on the dial, which which is mad because I've done a full circle with radio. Because if we, you know, how you spoke about in the opening, how, um, you know, I, 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 we borrowed equipment from from my friend's <laughs> college, and literally, she she used to teach um, she used to teach underprivileged kids at college. So, we, and this was back in the MSN days, right? So right. you'd have the MSN Messenger, um, and we literally used to have about ten people listed. They were all our friends, um, and we she used to borrow borrow stroke still out the back door. Um, appropriate. yeah we always we always took it back the next day but she would yeah exactly exactly (laughs) but she would come home with these massive mics or mics uh mic stands and like we were all the gear and no idea whatsoever we used to run it out of uh, my bedroom at my mum's house this is obviously when she lets back in you know the decks on the (laughs) on, on the ironing board um and literally we had all this gear she only used to have like a little fiat punto or something We used to open up the boot and it would all be like falling out but that so so when i think about it now actually having said that Mm-hmm. that's when really radio started and we're talking right. like 15 maybe even longer yeah probably maybe like nearly 20 years ago like the early 2000s for you yeah early yeah exactly yeah, yeah early 2000s so literally from going from my mum's bedroom to 10 people to 23 or whatever million people a month which is just it's crazy to think about you can't even like you can't even fathom that those kind of numbers is just in like insane so what's really good about that is that the mentality that you have from starting from this little kind of 
back back in your mom's bedroom yeah and then kind of you know uh left-hand discounting equipment yeah college but that's all an independent business hustle mentality taking yeah, yeah. whatever resources you have and just maxing it out so that yeah. you can create the brand and and the most um the 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 most impressions that you can and just kind of yeah. turning it up and and that's also an ind- one of the independent business mindsets in order to yeah. make it happen so this is kind of from what i'm seeing it, it early on in your career you said you know what uh, it's not that anybody's going to hand it to me. I'm just going to make it happen. Yeah, so absolutely. That also translate into how you run your overall business that, you know, I'm going to be independent and just kind of put this together and, and stay on top of it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing is, I, I, I am a hustler, you know, I've, I've been a hustler for as, for as long as I can remember, you know, not even really having a full time job, hustling in record stores, you know, selling vinyl to people that probably didn't even have decks, but I'd still hustle them a vinyl, but yeah. you know, and I, I I've it. just, yeah. Yeah, literally. Yeah, you've got to, you gotta have, got to have it. Got to have it. <laughs> so I've always, you know, I have always hustled, but that comes from, you know, my upbringing as well. My, my, my both my parents are, you know, my mum especially, she's a uh, retired lorry driver now. So, you know, she always had to oh, hustle, wow. you know, the biggest trucks or, you know, to, to get certain jobs she had to hustle because she was a female and, and it wasn't. I think when she says, when we talk about kind of those old days, there was only one other female lorry driver in the whole of the Southwest, which is, you know, quite, quite a lot when it comes under that, that radar. It is um, in your DNA. You know, your it is in my you're, DNA. You're hustle, yeah, hustle DNA comes from. Yeah, mom. sorry, dad. Absolutely. Mom, dad, dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I just said. I mean, my dad's my dad's a hustler too. But yeah, from from my mum. I mean, I always you know looked up to her so much because she was doing a a profession that was in you know such a male dominated industry, and she killed it. Absolutely killed it. You know, everyone respected her and everyone loved her and. Yeah, I just, I just, and she used to work three jobs as well. So she was always grafting and, you know, she'd finish work and then she'd do a cleaning job and, and then, she, you know, she'd, she'd be up at like four o'clock in the morning doing something else. So yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it is in my DNA completely. Yeah, correct. You know, what's, what's interesting then is seeing kind of how you've come from a very independent minded mom. And yeah. Both, both you and her, from what I'm hearing, really, pushed forward at a time where there weren't that many other female yeah. um, um, center central figures in each yeah. of your in kind of each of your respective careers. Yeah. How have you found the breaking through that glass ceiling and also kind of running into the inevitable kind of male dominated ignorance and yeah. kind of walls and in, in, in in kind of getting to where you're getting, where you've gotten to in yeah. your success, how have you found those difficulties and those challenges and, and how have you, you know, been able to sort to overcome them? And do you feel like anybody's really treated you unfairly at any point in time with them? Um, not so much, but I think the industry is very sexist. I think it is yeah, very I sexist. I mean, it, it it's, it, I mean, now, because it's a thing now, right? So everyone's yeah. like on this, um, you know, you know, equal, equality. Kind of equal rights type of Yeah, thing. equal rights. Yeah. yeah. And I just think, you know, there's, um, I mean, I've always been champion females, you know, I'm the biggest, you know, champion of female DJs. And I found that when I first started, when I was playing Hard House, there was like um, kind of like a clique of female DJs and mm-hmm. they were so powerful and they had their own clique and they had like their own, they're called the Tidy Girls and they had, it was um, of a spin-off I of t- Tidy Tracks, that. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tracks, yeah. T- which was Lisa Lashes, Rachel Auburn yes. and Lisa Pinup. And I looked yes. up to them girls and I was just like, oh, I want to be like you because they were so strong and dominant and no one messed with them. And, you know, they had their own artwork. They had their own record label, you know, spin-off of, of Tidy tracks and I just I rated that so much and that is what you know I looked up to them so I almost like thrived to be like them and kind of be a part of their gang I remember when I first warmed up for Lisa Pinup and I was like oh my god I'm warming up for Lisa Pinup <laughs> it was like a thing it was a massive thing awesome. then, but then when I started playing house I was looking around and there wasn't really any female house DJs and I was like 
So I, I had no one to inspire to. I had no one really to look up to. I didn't really know about Annie Mac then, I guess. Yeah. Um, there was only really kind of like Anna Lisa Loud or not even Hannah Wan. She came, right. you came way later. Before. Yeah, yeah right. way yeah. before Hannah. I mean, she, yeah, I mean, I kind of, I was you like 2005, she was there. 2010. Yeah, literally yeah. because, but I, I think I, because I brought that energy from the hard house world into mm -hmm. the house world, I mean, Simon took obviously a huge gamble, you know, being the first lady of, of, of Defected, and there wasn't any female house DJs then. Even in Ibiza, when I'm trying to oh. think, it's like Smoking Joe, Lisa Loud, Lottie. That was kind that of was it. it. That yeah. was kind of it from, from, what, from my memory. Headliners. Headliners, exactly, yeah. right? So, and then they were always lost in the billing right down here anyway yeah. at the bottom so they kind of got lost so it wasn't really a thing so everything that i've done i've paved my own way for i've i've done you know stayed in my lane and you know from when i first started at defected um starting right at the bottom of the lineup and having to graft and hustle i guess my way up to the top to be able to headline but i'm very very thick skinned not a lot kind of bothers me um again yeah. that comes from my mum as well because you know being a lady trucker not many messy many people mess with my mum back in the day <laughs> uh, <laughs> and you know i kind of went into the whole thing of just i just want to be respected you know if people think i'm a good dj or not that's cool i just yeah. want to be respected and i want to do things the right way because then i don't know if you remember we had the height of kind of the Paris Hiltons and Russian DJs playing oh, with their yeah. nipple tassels on. And that, yeah, yeah. that killed that us. It. Yeah. It yeah. It that quite a while. Cheapened it. Exactly. And it killed us. It killed us for a good few years where people didn't respect female DJs. They thought it was just like um, a gimmick. Being exactly. a female DJ was a gimmick and, Oh, you must've slept with a promoter to get, uh, you know, a headline slot at that festival or whatever. I was hearing all these mad things, but I'd never actually experienced that because I kind of created my family within Defected, which are right. very, very well respected, right? So people kind of didn't didn't mess with me because yeah. they knew that I was very... And I everything that I did in my career, every milestone, I just give 100%, 100%, 100%. So I almost didn't leave myself open for any of those hurtful comments. But of course I know it happens. Of course I do. Um, and we weren't strong enough in numbers to talk about it before. I remember sitting on a panel um, at ADA and this guy was like, so what's it like being a female DJ? But every single interview that I did leading up to that point was like, what's it? And I'm like... Are you, are you tripping? Like, it's what are you talking about? Like, why does it have to be such a separated thing? It, it, like, it, I can it, sit there and say, "How does it feel to be a promoter?" It's exactly the same thing, exactly and I just the same thing. Yeah, you know, I just you know, you know what it is. I think the perception is, especially in this very male-dominated industry, is that yeah, for a woman to get to a certain place, she either has to be a complete and utter bitch and totally, basically steamroller totally. everyone. Or yeah. she has to be a complete and utter tramp and sleep with yeah. everyone. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. And, and, and this is why people like yourself, especially strong, independent women that yeah. have that hustle mentality are so yeah. important to highlight because uh, trust me, I've been watching you very carefully over the years. And I yeah. saw from kind of the background, people don't realize that I'm actually paying attention. I'm like, okay, I yeah. see what Sam is doing. But more importantly, I see how you are doing. Yeah. So it's not yeah. a matter of only what you're doing. It's the way you're going about it. And just like you said, everything I've seen you do, you've always given 100%. And yeah. I think that yeah. is the key, the, the investment and the commitment yeah. to really pushing things forward. And it's, and it's interesting because do you, have you run into any brick walls during that that period of time of 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 kind of push putting <sighs> yourself on the map? I mean, now you've got you know your uh, your own clothing uh, yeah. line. You've got your label. It's a lot of the trust me when I tell you because I'm doing very the same <laughs> things. I know the challenges that go with yeah. it. Have you run yeah. into any kind of brick walls getting there? I think do you know what because I surround myself with such 
powerful bossy women around me um you know camilla and i who you know camilla my best friend of you know partner in crime of 11 years you know we started an all-female house lineup our very first party we've ever put on for lavisa 12 years ago was all females 25 female djs and people like didn't even know there was 25 female DJs in London, you know, <laughs> like literally, yeah, literally, you know, we, we put on a Thursday night party, it sold out. So we, we've continued to champion female DJs throughout the whole of our club night branding. You know, we always make sure, I mean, of course, you know, Jess Bays, who, who I brought through un, un, under the wing and, you know, it's just, it is breaking down these walls. And the thing with Jess is that I don't want her to have to go through some of the challenges that I had to go through, you know, fighting to be on a lineup, fighting to get, you know, on the same tier as another DJ that I smashed them on all the socials as in numbers. Okay. Um, And I mean, recently actually, and I'll be honest about this one uh, agent played such a dirty trick. So in terms of SoundCloud, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials, basically, Mm -hmm was a country mile country mile yeah. and they got me on spotify numbers and i went really because they could not they were trying they, to basically come, could bring, not bring, handle, your, bring your price down or bring your kind of just no, down. They, they wanted their their artists to build, ah, be built above me so right. the only thing they could get me on was spotify numbers and i was like has it really come to this where you don't want your artist to be below a female DJ, so you're mm-hmm. going to kill them on Spotify numbers. Like, I was just like, wow. However, I did have a cry about it. Of course I did, because I was like, this is just ridiculous. Like, oh, it's 2020. Well, 2020 then. I was like, I was still arguing over men being above women on a lineup. It's and just and, and this crazy. Is not- uh, honestly, what it what it does come down to, I think, sexist is, is sexism and insecurity. Now, listen to me when I, I I deal with the the kind of the the headline, the billing, and management, so on and so forth. Yeah. And what I've done is I've taken a very um a, a very direct approach in the sense of saying I understand where I fit in in the scale of things. So if there's yeah. somebody who I know regardless of what my Spotify numbers are, but this is the person who I'm going yeah. to speak to their backyard. Yeah. I know that I have to take a second seat because this is the yeah. person who's going to, who's going to have the draw. So yeah. I think it as, and, and it's interesting because in, at the same time that I, I think it's important to champion yeah. women, I think the idea of leveling the playing field so that it's not necessary just to champion women that, it's yeah. more about getting the artist or the the the, the entertainer, whatever it is, to yeah. have their um, respect and their due, Absolutely. regardless of their sex. I think is important. I think Absolutely. it's very difficult to get to that place. Yeah, yeah. But I think you have managed to, as you said, bring bringing women like Just Bays through it yeah. and doing that female lineup, being able to yeah. kind of highlight that i think it's been absolutely one of the standout things that you've done in your career is being able yeah. to kind of kick in the door and break the glass ceilings absolutely so now where have things kind of fallen down for you in your career and what have you learned from that like in what what instances have like things gone like really <sighs> and wrong <laughs> and, and, and what have think- you learned from that I've actually been like, I mean, one thing, I mean, I've got a life coach actually in lockdown. And one thing that we talk about a lot is being consistent. Um, And I think for me, that's so important to be consistent, you know, because I haven't really made records, really. I've kind of toyed with it up and now, whereas I know we've got my first remix coming out on your label in a couple of weeks. so this is (laughs) one of the, one of the the things that I've, I've, I've got to say is like bringing you on, to yeah. remix one of the tracks from especially huge who was a big who's a big fan as well as i am of what you've been doing yeah. i've been seeing everything much. you've been doing so getting i didn't realize that was actually your i don't know why i thought that you'd had actually done other remixes before no but no yeah 
Here's a little known fact. I gave Avicii his very first remix. Oh, really? So oh, no way. Way. I, I These kind of unconscious Most, most of moments. Yeah, yeah, I love so it. Hopefully this will be kind of like that's the yeah, gold dust that will rub off on that and that'll, you know, <laughs> yeah. propel you into that stratosphere. Exactly. And I'm just, I don't want to take too much of like, I don't want to take it all myself. But that's amazing that it's actually your very first remix because you killed it. Yeah, thank you. But also thank you for giving me the opportunity as well. You know, the thing is, it's kind of like, I feel like since we, you know, that opportunity landed on my table, it's it's just, it's snowballed now. And I've been in the studio and I've been working really, really hard. And I've got some, you know, some pretty dope stuff coming out this year. And it's kind of, it, it was the confidence that I needed because it's, I, I guess going back to, to, the, to the question, um, one thing is that, confidence when making music because with uh, with DJing obviously I've established my name now I've been doing it 20 odd years always still learning um and room for improvement of course there is but I kind of felt like the missing puzzle was making music um and also finding you know the right engineer because I don't make my own music I you know I have an engineer and I'm very hands-on when I'm you know obviously we've got to over zoom now um I'm very very hands-on and, and I'm more about bringing the inspiration and more about um the arrangement side of it and kind of putting the right. magic on from from how I'm playing it on a dance floor and you know you know the drill um and it was a com a confidence barrier because there wasn't if you think back to say five years ago Name me at least 10 female producers, it, yeah, not techno, not techno. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, you couldn't there, do it, it. it. Yeah. In house music, there seemed to be kind of like this. There's lack. more now. Yeah. yeah. There is more now. Yourself. There's a lot of yeah. female producers that have yeah. really started to um, make inroads in house music. Yeah. And also, you know, I get a lot of people messaging me saying, you know, how much of an inspiration I am and a role model to them. I've got girls as young as 10, you know, that, that DM me, that their parents DM me and, you know, I, I send them little folders of, of, of tracks and stuff for them. And yeah, then they, then they um, you know, mix them and send me the mix back. It's super, super cute. So I feel like I have to be, um, you know, a good role model to, to these girls coming through. And, you know, I, like I said, I have been doing this 20 years, so I've seen a huge shift of, of female artists coming through now. And I'm excited. I'm really, really excited. Like you said, Ashiba, what an amazing producer. Like she's, she's doing some I, I play everything. She's on fire right now. She's on fire. Abco, Abco, who uh, collabs with Freak, yeah. um, signed to Spensable. She's like, that's another one to watch definitely jess is absolutely killing it yeah, alicia's killing it yeah there's like there's so many amazing female artists and i just think you know we kind of maybe lived in the kind of dinosaur age where man provides and women you know do the washing <laughs> up and the cooking and the cleaning but you know it's just it's just not that era anymore and you know it, but there's just so many powerful girls in the transition of being a woman that you know who, who's the who's the girl that talks about climate change you know it's like yeah Greta Thunberg I think yeah right and then you've got yeah you've just got like all these amazing talented just like really switched on clued up clued up girls that are you know really going to kind of you know change the world is Beyonce is it Beyonce that says that girls girls rule the world or yeah, something like that rule, girls run the world yeah exactly but um I mean I'm, I'm no excited yeah, exactly. I, I, you I, can I, sit I, back and have a rest. Yeah. Well, no, more, more than anything, I just, I just feel that the the balance of, of, of the male energy and, and the female energy yeah. needs to be a lot more the yin, in the balance yang. in the order yin, for us yang. to have a world where we yeah. can actually progress and thrive and it's interesting absolutely been thrown into a corner by planet earth for the last yeah. year and yeah rooms because we've been bad 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 boys and girls and, and yeah bad things to the environment <laughs> that's pretty much how i'm kind of yeah you know, simplifying it i True. think it's important more than ever to understand the importance of balance of things absolutely you know, so has is there anything like are there any ambitions that you haven't realized yet? Because you've been, it, it sounds to me like you've really 
been full throttle and you've been yeah what else do you what else to rest take a a vacay (laughs) yeah take a vacay literally i mean when whenever um i have a holiday which which isn't very often it's always a working holiday even when hatcher and i went on our honeymoon i still played a club that was like two seconds away from our villa and everyone's like, you're <laughs> mad, you're on your honeymoon. And but I'm just like a workaholic. Like yeah, I just I don't stop. So I feel like definitely in lockdown, I've kind of, I've been kind of horizontal, but literally like laid down doing my work. Cause I just like, <laughs> just, just take, just take a breath for a second. And I, it's balance. Balance for me is definitely, that's still something that I'm getting better at. But, you know, I need to kind of coming into my 40s now, 40 this year. Oh, really? And, uh, no. Yeah. It's the first one ever been in that. I'm going to tell you my age, but I'm a bit older than you. So. <laughs> but, you know, well. we're killing it. We're killing it. We're killing it. Um, yeah, I think it's just to get the balance right, because I have obviously mm-hmm. thought about having children and starting a family with, with Hatcher, but my career's always got in the way. And then I think, oh my God, have I kind of missed the boat now? But, and if I kind of to do things differently, I would, I would have listened to a lot of my friends that have children and and they all said, there's never a right time to do it. So I'm just do it. And I wish that I had, but um, I've been filming a documentary for the last four years and it's called Married to the Music. And it's so true. I can't wait to actually watch it back because it's the highs and the lows and, and everything in between. So, I mean, you know, I, I guess maybe I, I mean, I'm still, you know, still, still quite young enough to have still, have a yes. family. But yes. it's, uh, I kind of like, I don't know if I've kind of missed the boat on that. I don't know. It's like, I am such a workaholic and it's proved mm-hmm. me so well. It served me so well in my career. Um, there's nothing that I would kind of redo over again. I, I've learned from everything, whether it's been good or bad. I've, I've learned from everything. And I'm still learning. Like I said, you know, I taught myself how to mix R&B and hip hop four weeks ago um oh, i hope to get hatched to teach you how to mix garage now that's that's the next thing <laughs> but yeah i just you know what? i just want to carry on being healthy and and happy and i still want to be you know an absolute you know team player for for female djs and and to know that that they can do anything they can yes. do absolutely anything and i think that's really important for people to have you know when i said i didn't have the confidence with music and you know you send a you send a record out to a label and they just rip it apart and i just went oh maybe i'm not just not meant to be a producer anymore but then you know you play it to your friends or you play it in live streams and you know it has a really good reaction and it's just about following your soul and not yes. letting anyone else tell you any different because yes. you know you're you know as a, as a person you're not a bad person you, you know you, you you respect people so anything that you do as long as you do it with your heart on your sleeve no one can say shit to you you know no one can say anything to you i think that's one of the most um prevalent things that i've taken to heart that i'm happy to see it that you've taken to heart is yeah you have to trust your artist heart and instinct absolutely and it's not going to please everyone 100% of the time, or maybe even 50% of the time if you're fortunate. But if you believe in what you're doing, I think that's one thing that I've seen you really do very, very well, have 100% belief in what you're doing. And yeah, we all get knockbacks and like, oh, disappointment, the person didn't like it, so on and so forth. Trust me, I've had a billion times with Simon and Spectre and trying to send him records. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's not quite for defected, you know what I mean? He's not exactly <laughs> like him. <laughs> oh my god, that is amazing. But, but I think if maybe no, um, <laughs> Oh, that is weird, you sound exactly like him. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, I, I I've done it to him and he's laughed his ass. That is excellent. So Kind of coming to the end of this, and I'm and and this has been an amazing chat. Thank you so it much. It really has. No, thank you so much for having me. And on. also, thank you for being my guest on my live stream. And I had so much fun <gasps> playing on oh, your live stream. Yes, that was so that. much fun. What advice would you give to people starting out in the scene and and people who want to become a DJ producer really kind of want to get into the space that you're in. What advice would you give them to kind of get things? My advice would be is to just play what makes you feel happy. 
because when I first started, I was playing all these different sounds till I got to one that, that did make me happy, of course, but I could have, you know, so, kind of fast forward four years if I hadn't gone through all those motions. But at the same time, they wouldn't have made me who I am today. But I would say just play music that makes you happy because it's so easy to go, oh, that DJ's doing that or that DJ's doing that and that DJ's right. doing that. You, you have to pick a lane and stay in your lane. Right. You, you can straddle a little bit. You can straddle a little bit, but I've, you know, I've always stayed in my lane and I've always been consistent and I've always believed in what I've been doing and I've always executed it with, you know, 110%. And I think that is what has served me so well in my career. Um, and, you know, people call me, you know, the queen of house, which doesn't sit right with me. It, no, I don't I, think it will I've ever sit right with me. Queen things really yeah, right? right? But I have to say... I think Queen of Defected definitely. Yes, does Queen of Defected. Well. Yeah, Defected for sure. Defected right now is sitting kind of like at the top of the house hill. So yeah, yeah. the kingdom <laughs> yeah. hasn't now, done a landslide yet. <laughs> so here, so here, and just to kind of wrap it up, completing a nice shiny little ball. Looking yeah. forward, Sam. What do you see in your crystal ball? More music. Crystal ball that you have. Divine crystal ball. Oh. Definitely more music for me. I've really, really, really enjoyed the process. Um, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it as much as I actually did. Um, like I said, I've to I've toyed here and there with bits and pieces before. Um, but kind of having an engineer now that is really on my side, really in my corner. You know, we talk all the time. We go through tons of music um, from, from all genres and we've kind of just got our jam now. So definitely more music from me. And I always feel like, I break other people's records. I champion other people's records. And the feeling that I get from playing my friend's records and, you know, it's fully going off. I've always thought, God, I wonder what that'd be like to actually have my own record um, and, and get that feeling. So I'm sure that once we get back onto dance floors and I start playing this music, you know, all this music that I've been kind of working on, um, we'll kind of put it into overdrive. But just to, just to keep doing what I'm doing and, and to still be, you know, um, a voice for other female DJs and just for people to know that, yes, it is. it has been hard. It has been a struggle. No more than what, say, you or the next DJ or, or anyone, you know, ev everyone goes through struggles in their lives, in, in career or, or life. Um, but I just want to be the best version of me that I can be so that other female DJs, if they're thinking, um, you know, or, or just starting out that they know that literally, you know, there is no glass ceilings. You you can go for the top. I mean, what I've, what I've achieved in my career has been, when I look back, if I kind of like put it all into kind of like little bite sizes, it's been incredible. And everything now really is pretty much a bonus for me. You know, I've, I've pretty much, you know, achieved everything that, not achieved everything that I've wanted to do, but everything now that comes my way is just, is, is a bonus. And, uh, yeah, if you're a female DJ or female artist, singer, no matter what in the music industry, you can literally do whatever you want to do. Just do it with heart and compassion. And I think, you know, you'll go a really long way. Sam Devine, thank you for sharing your hustle with us. Yes. We love you. I love you. Give my love I to love you. up. But I, I will. hope to see you personally in the booth and on the dance floor yes. very, very soon. And I can't Croatia, hopefully. Yes. So Could fingers crossed. The yes. world is beginning to open up. I, I got my uh, vaccination. Hopefully, you can get oh, you yours. did. Yeah, I, I can't wait I, to I get mine. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think they're rolling things out a bit faster yeah. um, now in the UK as well as here. So hopefully, we'll be able yeah. to get together in the booth and on the field for and the sure. dance very very soon. For Thanks, sure. Guys. Thank you so much for having me on. You're always welcome here. The hustle.